Welcome to Folklore Friday. A werewolf can be killed only with a silver bullet. Because I'm the chosen one and there are vampires? You are the boy who lived. You made us what we are, didn't you? You in danger, girl. Magic. Witches aren't real. Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. I myself am strange and unusual. Strangelings. I'm your host, Megan, and welcome to A Discovery of Witches Part 3. Now, I didn't intend for this to have three parts, um, but it's where it's at, and I actually really like it because it's a really great series, and it was a full season review, so there was, there was a lot to talk about. And I was so grateful that Holly wanted to do it with me. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun watching it with her and seeing her reactions. And it was also just fun analyzing it. And I like hearing her thoughts on it. So that's why I don't really have a little intro chit chat part for this one. I also don't have an everyday folklore planned. And I gotta be honest, I am tired. <laughs> this week is very long and it's not over yet, but I really wanted to get this episode out. So, okay. Okay. One more thing. This is, <laughs> this is something that Holly and I did when we were watching the show that I can't believe we didn't bring up. So one of the actors name on the show <laughs> is Greg Chillin. I think it's pronounced chillin'. It could be chiling. It's C-H-I-L-L-I-N. Holly and I chose to think it was chillin' because that's more funny. <laughs> and his first name, Greg, is spelt with three G's. G-R-E-G-G. So every time it would come up, like we couldn't stop talking about it when it first came up. Like, chillin', that's a cool last name. And then I backed it up. And I, I said, does he have three g's in that name <laughs> and we just kept bringing it up we would say three g chillin <laughs> that was our nickname <laughs> so every time it came on the screen we'd be like three g chillin <laughs> and we looked up which one of the actors it was and it's the actor that plays dominico and i mean handsome guy quintessential Tall, dark, and handsome. Gorgeous man. And so but it just felt like we turned into frat boys all of a sudden. Anytime he came on the screen, there was... Because, he I mean, there's no levity with that character. Everything is intense when he's on the screen. Um, and so it was just kind of funny to break it up. Every time he'd pop up, we'd go, 3G chillin'! <laughs> oh, and that makes me think of Holly, but... So... <laughs> That was kind of fun. So without further ado, here is A Discovery of Witches Review Part 3. Diana is talking to her aunts 
her aunts. I feel like when I say aunts, I'm saying that's my aunt's purse. But when I say aunts, I'm saying two people that are each an aunt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right? I don't know why. Yes, like one is for single, one is for plural. Yeah, I don't know why. But when I hear someone say, oh, that's my aunt Becky, I'm like, you pretentious butthead. I don't know. I don't know why. It's such a dumb thing. I don't know why that's in my head the way it is. Because there's zero like rhyme or reason for it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but that's how I picture it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. On a more serious note. So this is when she's in France and she's away with Matthew. And this is before um, everybody's all cozy. This is when things are still really scary. She calls her aunts and she says they're, they're worried. And they say, witches and vampires aren't supposed to get together. This is her aunt. Sarah says, this is a bad idea. You, you can't do this. I love Matthew. I can't help myself. That's impossible. Witches and vampires can't be together. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me that. But for me, there, there is no choice. You cannot put yourself in that danger. I thought you two might understand. Uh, honey, it's just the congregation is going to do everything in their power to stop a mixed-species relationship. They don't get to choose who I love, no matter the consequences. If anyone would understand, I thought it would be the two of you. And to paint a picture, Sarah and Emily are, are lesbians. And not only are they lesbians, but they're a mixed-race couple, so they know a thing or two about intolerance. And if they've raised Diana, you can imagine they've been together for 20 years. So they were together before gay marriage was legal. They were probably, I don't want to say persecuted, but, you know, they they probably got some crap for for being together on both on both sides for being like a same sex couple. And Sarah's white and Emily is black. And so I thought that was such a good part because she she says, if anyone would understand this, I thought it would be the two of you. You know what it's like to defend your love. You know what it's like to have people say, mm, maybe you shouldn't be together because that's just not the way things are done. And so, right. I don't know. What did you think about that? I loved it. I thought it was done so well. And again, there are so many moments. But when the vampire, the two vampires, Marcus and the girl. Miriam. Uh, come with Miriam, yeah, mm -hmm. come with uh, Diana and them uh, to her aunt's house. Yeah, and and one of the aunts is just like, no, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, nope, nope, and the other one's like, come on, and it's like yeah. they're dynamic as a couple. Like, it's I so good. It. It's just so it's so heartwarming. Like you can see how much they love each other. Like mm -hmm. the. They just did such a good job on grasping that relationship and showing how much it really means to them and how much like not only that, but how much they've had to fight for mm -hmm. and how much they're unwilling, you know, and and I, of course, like part of me feels like so many people could look at the one aunt that's, you know, with the curly hair. What's her name? There's Sarah, Sarah and Sarah. Emily. Sarah and Emily. So Sarah is Diana's so, um, aunt by birth. So Diana's mom was 
Sarah's sister, Sarah's, Emily, yeah. is the the girlfriend who has been around in the picture since she was a child. And they raised Diana after her parents died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I can so easily see so many people looking at Sarah's character because she's kind of like, she's very standoffish. At uh-huh. First. Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> just very much. Uh, no, this no, this is not done. This is not happening. What's happening? Like, no, yeah, no. yeah. And then you get the other, you know, coming in and just calming her down. Everything's fine. Yeah. We're just gonna have it. We're gonna have a sandwich. We're gonna chat. Everything's uh-huh. fine. You know, and she's very much it's, the peacekeeper. It's so, it's and- so true. Hello, you must be uh, Miriam and Marcus. Um, I'm Emily. This is Sarah. And we're delighted to have you. Oh, please, come on in. Come on. <laughs> After you. I can see so many people seeing that dynamic and being like, oh, well, it's just because Sarah hates vampires. Uh-huh. It's like, no, it's really, well, in my mind, maybe this is different from what the author was thinking. But in my mind, I'm like, no, she doesn't hate the vampires. She could care less about them. She's scared that them getting together is going to affect her family, the one yeah. that she loves. And she mm-hmm. is very protective of her family. Yeah, I would like, agree with that. It right. You know, like you said, with her and her, her, with her and Emily, it being, you know, mixed race, not only that, but a lesbian couple. And it's like, and some of the eras that they were living in, that is very, very looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, I mean, like you said, they may not have been persecuted, but you can guarantee they had some struggles. Yeah. And so to, for someone who has had to fight for so many things in her life uh-huh. and then turn around and just be okay with letting something in that could possibly destroy everything she's fought that hard for. Yeah. And, my mind it makes so much more sense that she would be like no you are not allowed in my home like get out nope not happening and then to see emily's side of it where it's like yeah you're right we have fought for this and look at how amazing it is yeah like look at what we are able to do now to look at Mm -hmm. it from the other aspect of don't look at it as dangerous look at it as the next step of our fight yeah what we can bring about and i love that dynamic Mm -hmm. i love that it's just because i feel like i'm definitely probably more on the sarah side i am very protective i'm like family and friends that i love and so sometimes i forget that you know what what i'm what i am pushing against that i'm trying to keep my family safe from Mm -hmm. may just need to be the next step of the battle moving forward yeah and so i just love that they had that dynamic i love Mm -hmm. just everything between them um i loved uh we kind of mentioned this i don't know if we mentioned it earlier but you and i were talking and when another time like to see that dynamic of when everybody shows up and everybody's just kind of on edge like the vampires uh-huh. don't want to go into the house yeah. the witches don't want you know but sarah doesn't want them there emily's trying to make everybody come yeah she's like mikasa sukasa like she's just do you want some tea oh oh tell me about that oh i didn't know like i love her character so much how on earth could anyone think that you're that you're human sarah you're hardly inconspicuous yourself the smell of henbane is coming off you in waves Vampires protecting Bishop Land? It isn't gonna work. What the hell? 
Look at you. People will talk. We might as well send a flare up for the congregation. With respect, Sarah. With respect, Matthew. I've had about enough of you saying with respect and then doing or saying whatever you damn please. What is going on? Magic house. The house doesn't like it when we argue. And then for it to go through all of that and for the end of it to be all of them sitting down at a dinner table, laughing and talking and sharing their life stories mm -hmm. and sharing their trials and everything like to see what came out of that. Like, yeah, it was uncomfortable. It was it was very uncomfortable and they definitely had to work through it and kind of push through it. But look at what came out of it. Like, look at, you know, all these just amazing things that are just all these doors that have now been opened. And yeah, we're still going to have to fight for some of them, mm -hmm. but at least that door is open and it's a concept now. It's not just a closed door. And so I, I just really love that entire dynamic as far as all of that entire, I feel like it went over what, like a two to three episodes, but yeah, they yeah, packed a lot in there, good. but it was, yeah, it was it really was a good. Lot of information. That's funny. Also, <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to bring up. You say you know, feel yeah. like you'd be Sarah, and I. I mean, I don't know what I would be like, but I. God, I hope I'd be like Emily because I just. Right. I love her so much. Like, um, it, Marcus brings up. Oh, Sarah, you just look like your namesake. I knew your your great grandmother. I knew her in World War Two. You got a problem, Junior? Oh no, no, no! It's just um. You look so much like your namesake. It's Sarah Bishop, your ancestor. She taught me how to set a broken leg at the Battle of Bunker Hill. That is so fascinating, Marcus. I mean, did you know her well? Em, enough already. Can we please not pretend this is a social call? And everyone just kind of looks around awkwardly and Emily goes, oh, that's great, Marcus. Did, did you know her well? And just starts trying to engage. And then Sarah goes, Em, not now. <laughs> and like, it's just the way that she talks to them is so, is, oh goodness, it's my dog. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Come here. <laughs> He's so neglected right now. <laughs> sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, so I I, I really did just love that dynamic. Mostly just, I love that dynamic. Like, and like you were saying how, I don't know, just everything like, okay. I do want to think that Aunt Kathy would be like Emily. Oh, for I, sure. I feel like. Your aunt, yeah. My aunt, like, bless her heart. And she is a fighter, which I think is hilarious because yeah. she is a fighter. But she but would be man, the first one to be welcoming. House, yeah. Right? Like, she'll, she's the first, like, she would be the first one to be like, oh, so you knew her. Okay. How'd you know? Did you know her well? Yeah. <laughs> What's like, going on? If I brought someone over, be like, hey, this is my friend. He just got out of prison, but he didn't do it. She'd be like, okay. <laughs> Like, and then, and then your uncle, Uncle Frank would be like, uh, what were you in for? <laughs> like, right? that would be his approach. You're like, is this a good idea? And she'd be like, oh, shut up, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that that would happen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 
And I think that's probably another reason why I love their dynamic so much is because it does remind me of people in my family. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and I love when, when movies and TV shows or books do that for me. Like they just, something about the character is just like so strong about the character of one of my family members or friends. And I'm just like, I just latch onto it. It makes it so much more just meaningful to me. Yeah. Something else that Emily does, which is really cool. Um, Loki, <laughs> I was my dog licking the table for some weird reason. Um, and they're talking on the phone, and Emily remembers all the stories that Diana's parents told her. Hey, Sarah. What are you doing? Hanging around with a vampire. Has M been spying on me? Anyway. Most of the things we've been told about them aren't true. He could feed off you, take your memories. I'm sure that's not true. That's what they do, Diana. He could have fed off you already, seen everything you saw when you opened that book. You wouldn't remember. He wouldn't do anything like that. I'm not in any danger with him. Diana. Do you remember the stories your mom told you when you were little? The shadow prince that lived between sunset and moonrise? Yeah. Yeah, I used to love those stories. What if it's him? And Emily's the first one to suggest, what if that's Matthew? And because she knew that her mom had the gift of prophecy so she could see things that would happen in the future. And that was before she had met Matthew. That was before Emily and Sarah had met Matthew. So for Emily to say, I think that might be Matthew is very welcoming and honorable because she's saying your mom wanted you to be with this person, even though he's a vampire. And so there's just so many things like she's the first one to be welcoming and she's the first one to be tolerant. And even when, um, okay, so they're having like an argument, Diana calls and says, I found a book that was bewitched and I wanted your advice. And Emily, or not Emily, Sarah scolds her. Well, really Diana, it's time you faced what you are, a witch. We've been over this, Sarah. I'm a historian, that's what I am. Oxford might offer me a professorship. Oh, honey, that is wonderful news, Diana. Yeah, well, I, I don't have it yet. I have to get a paper in. Wait, wait, you can't just hide in your work. This is important. If the book is bewitched, there's no telling how you unlocked the spell. You have to take the book out again. Work out what's going on. That may be what you would do, Sarah, but I'm not you. I called for your advice, not another lecture. Well, you know how she feels about all this. Give her time to cool off, honey. We'll try again. She said that to me and Emily says, well, you know how she feels about this. Like she's just, she's just this advocate for, for everything. And even when it comes time to like, oh my gosh, I, I cried the second time around watching it. The scene where Sarah and Emily are talking after they find out that Diana was spellbound because Diana asks Emily and she says, do you know that I was spellbound? And she did. She had like a really good idea, but she kept that secret all of Diana's life. She never mentioned it to Sarah and she explains and she's in tears. She's, I just thought it was what Rebecca wanted me to do. And I had to trust her. I had to trust that that's what she wanted. Look, 
Whatever Rebecca's reasons were, honey, she only meant to protect you. You were everything to her. Stephen, too. They loved you, Diana. They loved you. I was half myself for years. You didn't say a thing. I had to trust that she wanted me to keep the secret for a reason. I had to trust that what she thought was best. And that's it. That's all you know. I promise, that's it, I promise. Oh, it's so sad. And um and so and then Sarah afterwards is feeling awful for multiple reasons. Awful that she didn't know. And she says that she feels like Rebecca couldn't trust her. You know, I thought she'd come home and tell you herself. But then, you know, we buried them. The thought of saying those words out loud to you, telling you that I thought Rebecca spellbound her daughter. I just didn't want to break your heart again. She didn't trust me yet. Oh, darling, it wasn't like that. It was, it was, and it's okay. She knows too well. She knew you'd be careful and patient. And I'd just rant and rage and go after Knox with a carving knife. Maybe you should have. (laughs) There's still time. (laughs) Sarah, look at me, please. Please, please, please look at me. She trusted you. She did, honey. She trusted you to be the carer, the warrior, to keep her safe while she was gone. And that is exactly what you did, my love. Oh, honey, don't cry, please. (sighs) Just like, oh, God, it's like so sad because Emily also kept that secret for years. And she says to think those words and to say them to you out loud, you said goodbye to your sister and then we buried them and I just couldn't break your heart. Oh my God, it's so sad. It's so sad. But then you also just see how strong like her character is that she decided that she wasn't going to do that to, you know, the love of her life. And she was just going to keep that secret until it was time to talk about it. And I don't know. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really talking her up because we see a lot less of her in the next season. And I just really want to honor that character because she's so good. I really like her. I also, sorry, this just came to my mind. I love, so I think the best way to describe their dynamic is an out loud strength in Sarah. You know, Mm -hmm. she's the one that would go after Knox with the carving knife. Right. And then that quiet strength of Emily. Yeah. And so in my mind, um, Sarah's strength is like a tiger's strength. Mm -hmm. Where if you mess with her family, she will come after you. And she is very loud about it. Like she, like you will know. And then Sarah's or Emily's strength is almost like just an in like a 300 year old oak tree. Oh, that's beautiful. 
it's beautiful, it's calm, but it is so strong. Mm-hmm. And I just, that came around and I was just like, I love that they kind of painted that picture for me in, in this dynamic. And because I do, it's like, in my mind, I'm like, the love that they share is here's this big, beautiful, strong oak that is very quiet. And this tiger that loves uh-huh. to be at this oak tree, like yeah. loves to sleep in its shade, loves to climb its branches, loves to have that sturdy, you know, that that thing that grounds her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, I just, I just love it. Oh my it's, gosh. It's a like, really good dynamic. And if you think about it, it's the only other, oh, that was loud. it's the only other couple that we see in the series that's healthy. That's like a romantic couple. You know, you see pairs of people but they're in a romantic relationship and it's like it's it's built up in such a way that it's like yes this is what a healthy lasting relationship looks like even though they're not showing them talking about like oh i love you and the passion they're talking about life and hard things and how they deal with them together and that is like that's what a lasting relationship should look like is that you get through those things together that you're both different and you're individuals, but you balance each other out. And it's like, it's good. Cause Sarah at times will be like, Emily, no. And then other times Emily will say, okay, Sarah, now's the time to like be nice to these people. Yeah, <laughs> And she does, you know, like, um, Emily's asking Sophie, the demon. She's like, Oh, I me. Well, I'm fine. I couldn't sleep last night and I heard you crying in the bathroom. That dreams. I don't want to worry, Nat. Tell us. And the way that they, the blocking, Emily is standing like right next to her, like shoulder to shoulder, like, are you okay? And just like, so sweet. And then um, when Sophie says, well, I don't have anyone to talk to, Sarah comes up like right next to them. She's like, tell us, tell us about your nightmares. Like, we're here for you. And it was just such a good moment versus like, oh, you're bringing demons into my house, you know? And then to this, well, who do you have to talk to, honey? And they're just like tag team and they're, oh, it's very good. Okay. Gotta get off the Emily front. I know. (laughs) Okay. These are the last two things. Okay. One thing that we didn't talk about, I don't remember if we talked about it when we watched the show. (laughs) You just were like, oh, like when it happened. (laughs) It's like the only part that you were like, oh, I didn't like that. Um, Matthew's trying to figure out Diana and he's asking her questions about her magic. And she says, oh, I've never been really good at spell casting. And he says, but you're very powerful. And they're still trying to, this was before they knew she was spellbound. And so he's like, she's, they're at his house at Oxford and she's looking at this like really old manuscript and she's being like super careful with the pages and all this. And and he walks over to her table and he has a glass of wine and he purposely pours some of the wine like over top the book. She sees it and like magically moves the book like across the table and she says... <sighs> What are you doing? I thought so. Your magic's instinctive. It just comes out of you when you need it. You needed Ashmole 782 for your research. It's not that simple. He almost destroyed this, like, old book. (laughs) And she freaked out. 
it even just thinking about it now like, it's, like, it's not okay i know it's not okay he cannot <laughs> do that oh my god oh, it was so funny like, like oh my gosh it was like, like i can even like even in the camera i can see my face is already going I know. i'm just like it's not okay it's not okay holly with over how many books do you have 200 books um, or is that 200 dvds oh goodness i have 200 i have a little over 200 dvds i think now i probably have a little over 100 books you got a we lot of books i have a lot of books i, I want my own library and you're always and reading it's going to happen oh i love reading like always I like you like you're the like, type that like oh i finished that last night but i gave it to you yesterday <laughs> like oh, you'll yeah. you'll stay up all night and read a book oh, type yeah. of thing yeah <laughs> A book that should take me, like, a solid, like, week to finish, I have finished in a day. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't sleep, but it was an amazing book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's so um, but I also have books that are, like, my aunt, Aunt Kathy, who we were talking about earlier, uh, she gave me a magazine that's actually from the late 1800s. Ooh. And so I've got some stuff that's, like, in sleeves and, like, yeah. you don't pull it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's very old. And for me, in my mind, that's, like, not anywhere near as old as this book that she was looking at. Yeah. That she has to wear gloves because the paper is so, has been so worn down that if your oils get on it, it will literally disintegrate the page. Mm-hmm. And so you have to wear the gloves and you have to be careful and you have to turn it very very slow, you know, and all this very, yeah. very cautious stuff. And I'm like, if somebody even took wine anywhere near one of my old books, I cut off their hand. Yeah. <laughs> a book that is that old, that like ancient and yeah. important, and mm-hmm. he pours wine on top of it. Yeah. Just the sea of her magical. I'm just like, no. Yeah. That is not a test you do. <laughs> what if it didn't work? <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I get it. It's fiction. It totally would have worked. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a prop, but you know, when you're wrapped up in the story, you're like, Oh man, that was close. (laughs) Mini, mini heart attack. I had a mini heart attack at that scene. It was, Oh my gosh. Yeah. When that scene came around, I just watched you cause I knew, I knew what was going to happen. And you were just like, (gasps) (laughs) and we didn't even talk about it. You just freaked out. And I laughed. I was like, it was good. Right. died a little bit at that scene. I died a little bit at that scene. But he also, you know, like, but she moved it out of the way. It was just that, like, that, like, fear of it ruining this, like, old book. But yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, It was. Okay, so I I wanna, um, we, we hit all the points that I wanted to hit. There's so many different historical references that are refer like people that are referenced in this and we, we kind of talked about them you know charles darwin and elizabeth tudor and in the second book christopher marlowe is a is a character that you like meet in the past and you should do you know who he is i've heard of him okay i forget what he did though. well so, he was a playwright but some people think that Shakespeare stole some of his work. So there's this like lore about Christopher Marlowe that he actually wrote some of Shakespeare's best plays and he just kind of like took them and 
yeah yeah and there's also and there's also a lot of speculation about his sexuality and um that he wasn't straight and so that plays into what happens in you know in the next book and it was it was done like really well like i want to talk about it but you got to watch it because it was the conversations were really good that 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 character has it was just like really good dialogue i really liked it Okay. Um, but one that historical thing that I'm going to end, end this episode on. So the first book, A Discovery of Witches, is actually a nod to a book from 1647. It was published around that time. We're not sure exactly when, but it was like around somewhere in that 10 year mark. So it was a book by somebody named Matthew Hopkins, and he was a self-proclaimed witch finder. And he was a bad guy. He was responsible for around like 500 witch trials and like at least 300 executions. So he, there is a series of books written about how to find a witch after the first initial book, which was called Amalius Maleficarum. And oh, dang it, I didn't look up when it was published, but it was like 14 something. But what's interesting is that that book was published before the King James Bible was compiled together. So people had a copy of this How to Find a Witch book on their mantle, those that could read, before they had a copy of the Bible. And so this idea of um, women being witches and all these signs that a woman is a witch, if she has like a strong sexual appetite, um, means she's a witch. So this like kind of slut-shaming women started before you even had the bible to like mention that a virtuous woman is possible and her price is above rubies and so this kind of like fear of witches and this societal view of women was like predated people being able to hold the bible if they weren't like clergy and it's it's so after that book because i'm a big history nerd after malleus maleficarum there was multiple books written about how to discover if someone was a witch and that was one of them, a dis- or it was called The Discovery of Witches by Matthew Hopkins. And so it's just really interesting that she titled the book A Discovery of Witches, but it's like a different kind of discovery because Diana is discovering who she is and... As a witch. Yes. And so it's it's taking that title that was all about death and persecution and it's more this almost like a coming of age story, but like coming into yourself for Diana. She's discovering she's a witch. She's discovering all these things about herself and the, and the book of life, which is what the second book is called is all about finding out about all creatures. And so it's interesting that she named the first book after a book. (laughs) Just this lady's a smart lady. (laughs) So Right. It was just a yeah. really interesting take because all of those like witch finding books were incredibly negative and, and bad, bad as in they resulted in a lot of persecution and, and deaths, wrongful um, executions. And but this she like took it and she like repurposed it for this self-discovery journey. And it was it was quite genius. <laughs> I actually really love that. I obviously I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that makes <laughs> Is it weird that that gives it even more emotion to me? Only yeah. Everything that we've talked about, like everything, like not just the discriminations that we have today or in the past, like 20, 40 years, um, 
does she kind of bring in and and show that this needs to just be an equalized like it just needs to be equal mm-hmm. ground um but to then pull her title of a book from another title of a book that literally was just let's point fingers this mm-hmm. is who you should be pointing fingers at and then we have the right to kill them yeah and it's just like to and to turn it into not just a self growth and self discovery but a fight for what you believe in. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah. Good point. Just like, right, like <laughs> I just love that. Like just so many dynamics, so many dynamics. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, it just makes me like love it even more. Mm-hmm. I love that she, she took something that was, and I also like that concept that she took something that was so negative in the world and caused so many deaths and turned it into something that shows that we should fight for what we believe in that shows yeah. that we should stand by what we believe in. Like, I know some people will say, Oh yeah, you should fight for what you believe in. But then like some people just want to fight and it's right. like, they don't really care what it's about kind of a thing. They don't it's have like, like a purpose. Oh, yeah, you guys- yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, if you're going to fight for something, stand by it as mm-hmm. well. Like make sure that if you, that you will not regret this fight later make sure that this is something that even if you, if people are throwing things at you because they don't like what your opinion is, that it, that to you, like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's hard, but this is, this is what I believe needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, cause I mean, in my mind, probably because it was just last month, but, uh, or just a few weeks ago, but, uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. Like, look at how much, crap he was given Mm -hmm. and he never stopped because he knew what his dream was needed to happen yeah and I just kind of feel like that's where I see this coming from like obviously not at the level of Martin Luther King but to take a title of a book that was so awful and really did cause so many deaths and to turn it in to a fighting stepping stone of Mm -hmm. this is what needs to happen I just think that's amazing and I feel like like, that's another thing that kind of makes this story a little more on the unique side because I know that there probably are stories out there that have been done like this that Mm -hmm. do take you know because I mean Schindler's List look at that like it tried it showed how awful everything was and how much one person just wanted to help so desperately and so to just have something that is becoming so popular and so, so incredible and so well watched be mm-hmm. based off of something like that and being turned into this incredible, wonderful, good thing to keep our society moving, to keep giving us hope and to keep giving us, you know, just something to look forward to. Um, I think that's just absolutely amazing and very mm-hmm. could definitely use being being done more often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your your response was pretty deep. I was thinking about like Oh, sorry. No, 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 don't be sorry. I was just like I had a different reaction cuz well, I mean, yeah, like like you were saying, it's this book that in it was for it was like continuing stereotypes and spreading discrimination and using repurposing the title for this book. It's a story of acceptance and tolerance. And um but I was thinking about how 
you can take words and repurpose them. Like the N-word, for example, you know, that culture, Black people have taken that word and they've repurposed it to where like, you used to call me that. Now I'm the only one that can say that. And I say it to me and my friends, but you're not allowed to say it. And it's kind of like the same thing for the word bitch. Like women can call each other that, but if a man calls a woman a bitch, it's no bueno. Like you can't do it, but they've taken it to this like, and there's this... I don't know if you'll watch it, but I really liked it. There's this thing on Netflix and it's like the history of swear words. And it's it's actually really good because they like, <laughs> you're like laughing. I'm like, no, it's really interesting because each little episode, it's like 20 minutes and they take one word and they just talk about where that came from and how you use it. And I, I actually found it like really insightful. But the one that was interesting the most to me was when they were talking about the word, the word bitch. Cause they were saying how, yeah, women can call each other that and gay men, um, you know, they can be made fun of for being feminine. So for them to go, Hey bitch, or yes, bitch. It's like them saying, yeah, this is, I'm okay with that. And I can call myself that, but you can't, you know, it's like, and that's kind of like what I was saying. She took this title and, and repurposed it the same way that we do with words that are, um, meant to be hurtful. And so you should check that out. It is a really, like, I don't, I know you and Andrew don't swear, but just from the history standpoint, it's fun. From the history standpoint, I did see, I did watch the commercials on it. Uh-huh. From the history standpoint, I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. However, they did have some characters that were chatting and I was just like, I, I don't know if I want to know your opinion. <laughs> You're like, I don't need to know what that comedian that says. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, because they have like, they have a mixture of people to appeal to every audience. So they have like oh, yeah. linguistic people, they have professors, and then they have comedians who they're crass yeah. as part of their career. And so I imagine it was probably it was those people. But um, I, I liked it. We, we, we haven't watched all of it, but we need to get through it. <laughs> You're you're going to love the second season. <laughs> yeah, start watching that one. I'm excited. And they're excited putting out, out like an episode like every Saturday started like last a couple Saturdays ago. So you can't like binge yeah. it, which is kind of nice because you can just like I kind of like that because that means I'm gonna have something to look forward to. But uh she's pretty she she becomes really good i will the one spoiler i say she becomes really good friends with sarah which is kind of cool like aunt sarah because at the you do know at the end of season one matthew says emily and sarah are going to go to france and stay with isabeau because they'll be they'll be safe and they become friends and so but yeah she gets a lot more involved in matthew and diana's life um isabeau does and she's like She'd be a great mother-in-law to like have. I'd be like, I feel pretty safe <laughs> with this lady. Because <laughs> once she's like on your side, she's like on your side. That whole speech about the Declaremont women protect themselves. You're just like, oh, oh yeah. That's, like, That's the one I was thinking of too. So like, good. Like very empowering. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Loved it. Well, loved it. you'll have to start watching the second season because I want to hear what you what you think about it <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i'll do a podcast review on it i think um i might do like little video reactions but 
I'm excited. I'm excited. And there's like, cause there's things in the story I want to talk to you about. So mostly I'm excited for you to like get through the series. I'll be like, Oh, wasn't that good. And Oh, wasn't that sad. And like, <laughs> cause I've had to like be careful in talking to you because it's juicy. It's a juicy story. <laughs> so I'm like really proud of myself cause I love spoilers, but <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I'll start. What? Well, Coming. I didn't realize it was coming up on nine o'clock. Um, yeah, it's late. Sorry. I have to start it. Oh no, you're totally fine. Um, I think there's only like three episodes right now. I was gonna say I'll probably watch it tomorrow. It's probably. good. I'm I'm gonna watch it tomorrow too. I waited until I got these reviews done just so that I wouldn't um be clouded, you know, by it. Like oh, and then this happened. Oh, that doesn't happen in this season <laughs> so <laughs> anywho yeah for sure yeah all right holly well thank you thank you for joining me again for this episode <laughs> i thank you i love it and it gives me a chance to talk to you about things that we love and I'm yeah that, so. yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, let's sign off on the podcast and then we can say goodbye naturally. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Holly. Thank you for having me. I appreciate. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks. It was fun having you. All right, and I hope you join us next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, my little strangelings. I hope you join us next time. Scare you later.